parents, on our lives, on our children, right? Because there is a devil, and he's there, amen? And, and, and he's trying to destroy us. He's trying to steal us. He's trying to come against us. Why? Because he hates you. Satan, the devil, hates you. He hates everything you and I stand for. Amen. And he wants to destroy us. And he's out to get us. Amen. See, remember, he's there to steal, kill, and destroy. And I was going to talk about the actual battles, right? But I'm not going to really, I'm not going to, that's probably for another message. Amen. One thing I begin to understand as soldiers is that we're either advancing or retreating or we've been completely neutralized. And in every war, it's the, it's the same. Either a, a military, a, a force, an army, or whatever the case, is either advancing to where their goal is, or they're retreating from their goal, or they have been completely neutralized. And, and amen, and in every part of history, amen, well, let's just take, in 2020 alone, amen, has been a testament of it. I don't know about you, but in my walk, amen, I've had, just in these first six months of the year, I've had where I've advanced, where I felt powerful. I felt like, man, I was on fire for the kingdom of God. But then there was those weeks or months or days where I just felt like, oh, man, I'm losing. I'm losing. I'm backing up. I'm losing. And then there was those days where I just, man, I'd wake up and I'd just be completely destroyed. I didn't feel like serving God. I didn't feel like re- reading my Bible. I didn't feel like praying on my way to, I have an hour-long drive to work. And so I try to spend it with the Lord, amen. And I didn't feel like driving and spending time with the Lord in those times. So this year alone has been that, that truth to me in my own walk with Christ. And then I begin to think about history. And in every part of history, it's been the same. There's been difficulties, there's been hardships, there's been all these attacks on the kingdom of God, there's been all these things that come together. I mean, you look at even like a hundred years ago, we had this, uh, uh, the Spanish flu, right? And it kind of similar to what's happening today with people dying with the whole COVID thing, right? But today just seems a little different, a little more different than a hundred years ago, a little more different than even a thousand years ago, a little more different, because like I said, there's always been attacks on the church. There's always been attacks on, the, on humanity. There's always been all these things, but today just seems a little more different. Why? Because I believe that we're on the brink of the return of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. I believe that with all my heart. I don't think it's an opinion. Now, now years ago, I, I was reading a, 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 one, a, one of the Bibles I used to have. It was like one of those study Bibles. And, he used to, and, and in the beginning of the chapter, it would give you like this little paragraph breakdown thing. And, and, and in that paragraph, this, one of the excerpts that it would say was, he said, you know, we're to look for Christ as if he were to come today. But live for him as if we had a lifetime to live. To live, And so that stuck to me because the reality is Christ can come today. We know that. And people have been saying it for over 2,000 years. But if you look at the times, if you look at where we're at in history, man, we are close. But we're to live as if we have another 100 years to live. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you. So in everything that's going on with this chosen warfare that I believe that we, we've been pre-selected for, amen, I, I believe that we're being prepared. I believe that Christ, that God is preparing us, amen. And one of the things that he's preparing us for is for the struggles of the day. In the Bible, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, we're, we're going to read this. He says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. 
But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue, listen to this, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Verse 15. And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Listen, we know that today is a completely different time. Completely different time in our history with the whole COVID, the whole riots, the BLM, the, the you know, the horrible attacks on Christianity. I mean, you know, a few years ago they were lining Christians up and they were beheading them, Right? And it's happened over history, all these different things, but it's a different time today. Now, whether you agree with the masses, whether you agree with Chaz or, or the BLM, or whether you agree with the Word of God, amen, whatever the case is, amen, the real truth is that, we're being, is that when we preach truth from the Bible's perspective, you and I become the enemy. See, you could stand against the masses. I was watching a video, Willie really Willie Gutierrez. Anybody have him? You know, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, they used to have, uh, what, did, what do they call him? Um, uh, God, I forgot what they called him. Anyways, he's part of our, our fellowship, but he, he was preaching, and he was standing in front of a whole group. This is a few few weeks ago. He was standing in front of a whole group of, of rioters, amen, and one of the leaders of the rioters let Brother Willie minister, and so he began to share a little truth of the gospel and all you could hear in the background was people cussing at him and people telling him to shut up and there was one guy and I'll never forget he says don't tell us how what to do don't try to tell us how we should live our lives but yeah here's a rioter doing the same thing against them right and so and, and I thought to myself here at that moment brother Willie was the enemy because he was preaching truth in biblical through biblical perspective and so what happens is when we preach truth, when we preach the Bible, amen, what happens is we become an enemy, but why? And simply because of the real enemy that we have, and his name is Satan, the devil, who's out there to kill us, destroy us, to take everything from us, amen? See, I remember growing up, when I first got saved over 20 years ago, I remember the struggle was, was you know, was not wanting to go out and get high again. Not wanting to go out and party again. Not wanting to go out and fight or, or cuss or, or drink or party or sleep around. You know, those, or, or even, you know, even heard within some of the community, of the Christian community of suicides, you know. And those things are still struggles today, amen. I'm not trying to make light of that. But the struggle today, the real struggle, even back then and today, the real struggle is trying to hold on to the truth of the Word of God. That's the real truth. That's the real struggle. That's the hardship. That's the fight. The battle, amen, is trying to hold on, not giving in to the fallacies of the world. Not giving in to what the world wants to, the world wants to put on us on how we should live, how as, us as Christians should be. With everything going on and everyone doing what they want, the struggle is maintaining our faith in Christ. Amen. It's not, it's not easy. It's hard. Not giving in to suicidal tendencies and not giving in to emotional withdrawals, amen, because the pain is too much. The attacks on the, on the cross and on Christians, amen, you, you see videos all the time of Christians preaching on the corner, amen. And, and, to, and, you know, years ago, 
it was respected in a sense where people, I mean, you always had, I remember years ago when I got saved, there was a, 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 a man up in L.A. He said he would preach on the corners, and he said people would drive by and throw cans and bottles at him and all. So it's always been going on, right? But today, people disrespect a man of God more so than ever before. Why? Because they grow worse and worse as time goes on. You hear things like, you don't need Jesus to go to heaven. Jesus isn't real. We don't need God. When we die, we just die, etc. and etc. But I want to encourage you to be people of conviction. To be the people who repent and get their hearts right with God when they recognize and realize that, we, that you've made a mistake. I want to be someone who, who God could say, just like David, when he went out and killed that person, he killed that husband, amen, and he, he, he sent him to the slaughter, amen. But when he realized that he was wrong, he came to the feet of God and repented. I want to be the one where I recognize my own faults and my failures and I come before God and I say, God, I'm sorry. I don't have to do it to impress my wife, to impress my pastor, to impress my brothers or my sisters or my father. Or, or my, my, I, I want to do it because I want God to realize that I am wrong and I realize that I'm wrong and I repent. You know, the Bible says, there's a story in the Bible, I think it's in Matthew or John, where he talks about the, the, the man who says, you know, Lord, I'm not like this guy and I'm not like that and I don't do this, but I go and I give this and I go and I do that and, I, you know, and I'm this and I'm that. And then the other, then he says that there's another man who says, Lord, and he bows his head and he says, I'm just not even worthy to look up at you. He says, who do you think is justified more? And it's the man who, who realizes his sin, realizes that he's jacked up, that he can't even look up to God. That's what I want to be. I'm not perfect. None of us are, right? I hate that cliche, but the reality is we're not perfect. But if we can be people who are of conviction, people who will repent, to be people who seek the Lord because now he is able to be found. So I want to encourage you that we're being prepared, church. We're being prepared for the struggles of today. Because the struggles of today aren't like the struggles of 100 years ago. Or, or, or 300 or 500 years ago. Or even of 50 years ago. Even of 20 years ago. The struggles of today are completely different. Why? Because birth pains. Do you understand birth pains? Birth pains are what women have before they have a child. You know, the closer they get to have a child, the, the, the birth pains get harder or worse and worse. And they get stronger and stronger because, you know, the baby's coming. And eventually something is birthed. And Christ, the birth pains that the world is having today is letting us know that Christ is coming. He's coming. Hallelujah. We're also being prepared to represent the living God. I grew up in gangs. So I understand representing my neighborhood. I understand representing my job. I wear a shirt that has a logo on it. I understand what it's right to represent my family, my last name. I understand what it's like to represent and stand in the gap. And Christ is preparing us to represent the living God. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 7, he says, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the least... <coughs> 
for you are the least of all people's COVID. <laughs> but because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. How many know that Egypt represents our old sinful nature? Amen. And God broke the, the bondages of sin on our lives and, and brought us up out of the hand of Egypt, setting us free. Amen. And so it's funny to me when I read scriptures like this, how God would choose somebody like me. Amen. It's funny to me that God would look down on a person like me. Amen. And, 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 and choose me to represent him. Choose a person like me to be in the gap, to stand in the gap, to, so that people could see and hear and, and, and represent the kingdom of God. It's funny to me that God would look to somebody who's jacked up from the floor of to represent his kingdom. Why would he do that? There's nothing good in me. Well, simply because he loves me. I don't, I don't have to measure up. I don't have to look a certain way, act a certain way, speak a certain way. I don't have to have straight teeth, amen. And I throw that in because, hey, you know what I mean? I don't have to, you know, look a certain way, be a certain way, do certain things. I, I, all I got to do is, is realize that God loves me. That's it. He loves me. And he chooses me because he loves me. He created me. Even at times when I don't even love myself, he still chose me. Especially in times where I don't even feel worthy. That's the beauty of salvation though. Is that it's not based on my merits. It's not based on anything I can do. Salvation is not based on my merit, my faults, my failures. It's based, it is simply based on his love for me. And my place in heaven is based on him amen so we're being prepared though church to represent God is cleaning you up so you and I can be ambassadors for the kingdom of God to be representatives in this world that is a that, that today is a lost generation today in a world that is not even looking for the return you know the Bible says in uh, I, I believe it uh, in Ephesians, he says, we should be looking for that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But today in this world, no one is looking for him. And it's up to us. I heard a, 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 one of the preachers this morning on TV, he says, you know, we're called to be the lights. We're called to be lights. And, and, and he says, and, and he, read, he quoted that scripture where a, a light set on a hill can't be hid. He says, you know, Jesus Christ says he's the light. But he says, do you know that there's another light in this world? And it's you and I. You and I are called to be lights. And God is preparing us, church, to be that light, to be representatives, to share the gospel. Now, I know it's not always easy to share the gospel. I, I work with a bunch of guys who I love to death, but a bunch of knuckleheads, you know what I mean? And, 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 and sometimes they don't even want to hear the gospel. But if I could be the gospel in their lives... If I could just show them that, hey, you could be funny and have a good time, but still love the Lord and honor me, my God, my wife, my family. If I could show them how much of an impact. The other day I kind of threw out there, hey, I'm preaching this Sunday, man. 
and I, I didn't, usually I invite people, but they're, they're real standoffish. And I said, hey, I'm preaching this. And, and so I said that like on Wednesday. And uh, one of the guys on Friday says, hey, so you preaching on Sunday? How's everything going? You ready? And I said, yeah, I'm ready. I was surprised because he he's like one of the guys that's like, you know, kind of, he's like real standoffish. And he's like, hey, you preaching this Sunday? I said, yeah. He goes, yeah, I heard you mention that. Are you ready? And I said, yeah, I think I'm ready. I said, why, well, you want to come? He goes, well, not this weekend. <laughs> he said, not this weekend. But, uh, you know, he sees, he hears, he knows. I'm not looking at what they're doing. I'm not going out with them and drinking at the bar. I'm not, you know, doing the things that they do. I'm not better than them or anything like that. I just, I'm just not following the things that they're all doing. And he recognizes that. And that's what being the light is about. That they see something different in us. Amen? We're not better than anybody just because we have Christ. We just want them to realize that Christ is in our lives and we're alive today. The third thing that Christ is we're, we're being prepared for is to battle. We're being prepared for battle. Like I said, in all of history, there has been battles, attacks on Christianity. All of history has it. You could read it over and over. This is what the Bible says. First Timothy 6, chapter 6, he says, verse 11. But you, O men of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness. Listen, he says, but you, O men of God, in verse 9 and 10, he's talking about the things that we should flee, right? Unrighteousness and, and the things of the past. And he says, but you, O men of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. In verse 12, he says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, which you were also called and have confessed, the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We have to battle. We have to fight, church. We've got to keep pressing forward. We cannot get complacent. Remember, three things that a military does. Either, you're either pressing forward, advancing. You're either retreating or you have been completely neutralized. Where are you in your walk with Christ today? We've got to keep pressing forward. You know, Paul says, for I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. In the book of Philippians. We've got to keep pressing forward. We can't get comfortable. We can't get complacent. Jesus is right there. He's waiting for us. Listen, our lives are on the line. Your soul is on the line. Our children's soul are on the line. Our family, our friends, their souls are on the line. But I want you to know that Jesus is waiting. You know, I, I, I love that scripture. Jesus says, where I go... He says, look, I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you can be there too. Man. I mean, Jesus is going somewhere to hook us up. He's, you know, I, I'm around, you know, all this new construction all the time. And I see these new houses being built. And some houses really huge, really big, really beautiful. And I get to work in Del Mar. I get to work in different areas. Amen. And, and in La Jolla. And all the coastline, I mean, you always see these really nice houses being built. And this one house we went into, and I remember it just had, you walk in, and it was just like this huge, massive rooms. And then it had this little spiral stair. And you went up to the top, and the top had like this whole open thing. It was just crazy. It was just beautiful, immaculate, right? And, and I think to myself, God is going somewhere, and today there's construction on my place. There's, a being, there's something being built for me, for you. And he says, where I go, 
there you may be also. See, Jesus is wanting to spend, for us to spend the rest. See, he's rooting for us. He's cheering us on because he wants to spend eternity with us. Amen. But in this day and age, amen, it gets tough. Remember, it's a chosen battle. It's hard. Sometimes we don't want to go to church. Sometimes, man, it doesn't even make sense. Why should I go to church? Is God real? Why should I do this? Why should I do that? But, you know, it's hard. But listen, T.D. Jakes wrote, some of you who know who T.D. Jakes is, he wrote in a book, there's a passage. It says, as you begin to push in spite of the pain, the pain recedes into the background because you become preoccupied with the change rather than the problem. Push. You don't have time to cry. Push, you don't have time to be suicidal. Push, you don't have time. This is not the time to give up. Push because God is about to birth a promise through you. Cry if you must and groan if you have to, but keep on pushing because God has promised that if it is to come into this world, it's got to pass through you. God is ready to birth something out of us. God is preparing for something new to come out of us. God wants you to continue to keep going. Don't give up. Don't turn back. Don't retreat, amen, but keep advancing. You've got God on your side. So the question is, how do we fight? The Bible says this, yet indeed I count all my, I, uh, in, in uh, the book of Philippians chapter 3, Paul says, yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not <clears throat> having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Listen, we fight by praying, we fight by calling on God daily, we fight by, you know, reading our word, you know, reading the Bible, amen, searching out the scriptures, amen, uh, we, 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 we fight by attaining to know our Savior, Amen. In a deeper manner, spending time with God, right? We fight by people being people of conviction and adhering to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But ultimately, the way you and I truly fight is by surrendering. Surrendering to the power of the Holy Spirit. Surrendering my own desires, my own wants, my own needs. Surrenderance draws us closer to the kingdom of God. My last point. Is that we're being prepared for, for, for a purpose of bearing fruit. John chapter 15. Here's my main scripture. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. How do we bear fruit? The biblical truth is that when you, he who sows, the Bible says, you shall also reap. So what are you sowing today? And are you reaping some of, those, some of the seeds of what you've sown? You know, I know some people have a green thumb, amen. I have a friend who I, well, uh, his name is Robert at work. He, he, uh, he always talks about he works in his backyard. He's always digging and planting something and, and all these things, right. And, and I'll tell you what, man, I have a red thumb. I can't grow nothing, man. <laughs> I tried. I mean, we had some plants in our backyard when we remodeled for Nat's graduation. And today, we had, recently, we had to pull them all out because they're all dead, you know. I mean, I just can't keep, I, I, I don't know. I, should, I even think my, my wife and I, or my wife and my nephew put something in the backyard one time in a little pot and it's dead today. I mean, we, I, we just have a red thumb, amen, apparently. But, but there are people, you, well, do you remember back in elementary? Some of you might have to think back a little further. 
But back in elementary, amen, do you remember putting the little milk cartons? I mean, they don't have milk cartons today, but right, they probably do little plastic things. But back in the day, they used to have these little milk cartons, and they'd cut the top off. They'd put the soil in it, and then they'd drop a little seed in the middle, and then they'd put them up on the, on the, on the, on the windowsill, right? And, and you'd have like 25 little cups of soil with seeds in them. And then like, you know, like three or four days later, all of a sudden, you know, two or three will start sprouting. And then four or five days into it, two or three more. And then within a week or so, we can have you have all these seeds starting to grow out and sprout, right? And that's bearing fruit. You got to plant if you want something back. You got to share if you want something to happen. You've got to pray if you want something to happen. You have to read if you want something to happen. You've got to come and be faithful if you want something to happen. I mean, we've got to be involved if we want something to happen. Because the biblical principle is that he who sows... Shall also reap. There's got to be a planting of the seed. Hallelujah. So when we walk in the attributes of the Lord, what happens, amen? People get saved. When you and I walk in obedience to the Lord, it's not talking about being perfect or anything like that. It's just talking about walking in obedience to God. What happens is that people get saved. People get delivered. Shoot, you and I get delivered. If I'm obedient and faithful to the word of God and I make a mistake, I'm going to repent. That's going to keep me saved. That's going to keep me strong. That's going to keep me effective for the kingdom of God. Here's what happens. People get saved. Situations change. Watch this. And when situations change, that brings restoration. And when restoration comes to a person, that brings revival within a family. And when revival happens within a family, relationships get saved and delivered, get restored. Families get restored. And that's the goal. See, we're being prepared today, church. We're in, a, we're in a chosen battle. God chose us before the foundations of the world, amen, to prepare us for a, such a time as this. We could have been born 100 years ago. We could have been born 500 years ago. We could have been born 50 years ago. Some of you might have been. Oh, no. But, but we were born for such a time as this. I'm sorry. My mother-in-law's here. I love you, Marcy. I'm sorry. We were born for such a time as this. This is our time. God ordained us, preordained us for this time, this day, and this age to be effective in lights in this world today. So I just want to encourage you. Eclectostrategia. Chosen warfare that you and I have been chosen for. Preordained. It's not an accident. God chose you. We didn't choose him. Because he loves us. Amen. Let's all bow our heads right there where you're at. Father, we just come before you tonight. We, today we thank you, God, for your grace and mercy. We thank you, Lord, that you have called us, Lord God. You chose us before the foundations of the world, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you have a great plan for our lives, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we have been woken up and made aware of the truth of the gospel. We've been woken up, Lord, to know that you're coming back for your people one day, God. And we will be able to rule and reign with you for all eternity. We don't have to spend eternity in hell, my God. But I pray that you would wake us up and, and, and enough, Lord, and stir us up enough that we would be willing to share that truth with someone today. Father, we love you, Lord. And we give you praise and we thank you, Lord. And I just want to encourage you that if you don't know the Lord this morning, I just want you to know that Jesus loves you. If you've been kind of on the, on the fence and you're like, Lord, I don't know. I know what I should do, but I'm not sure. 
I just want to pray with you today. Just repeat after me. Father, I come before you right now. And I know that I need you. I have battles in my mind. I have battles in my heart. But the truth is, is that I need you. The truth is, is that I'm a sinner and I need you in my life. Please forgive me of all my sins and cleanse me from the unrighteousness that is within me. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and I receive you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I just.